بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمۃ اللہ رسول کریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا فورٹینتھ آف نومبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu And I spent a few sessions where we've took a glimpse into his suffering, hunger, for the pleasure of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the lifetime of our beloved Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa But then I mentioned that later on in his life, he lived a more comfortable life. But despite his change of fortunes, This majestic man, radiyallahu, never forgot those most austere and auspicious days in which our beloved messenger suffered so much, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So for instance, Farqad as-Sabakhi, rahmatullahi alayhi, he said, when Sayyidina Abu Huraira, radiyallahu, used to perform tawaf, he would say, all the pain which my stomach causes me, When I fill it, it overstuffs me. When I keep it hungry, it is abusive to me. This is in Ahmad in his Zuhd, number 222, Abu Nu'im al-Hiliyah, 1-382. So he's performing tawaf. And you're allowed to talk during tawaf as long as you don't speak ill. And what's he talking about? You know, you think, why is he talking about his stomach? He goes, all oh, the pain which my stomach causes me. So you're thinking, okay, he's ill, but he's not ill. He explained, when I fill it, it overstuffs me. <laughs> Meaning, when I overeat, it, goes, it has an effect because I can't function properly. But when I keep it hungry, it starts abusing me. <laughs> so what was he highlighting? He's highlighting, he's remembering the days of the Prophet ﷺ. So even when he was doing the great deed of tawaf, he was remembering those auspicious days. Radiyallahu. In another report, Sa'id Nil Maqburi, Rahmatullah, he relates, Once Abu Huraira came across some people who were having a meal, and a roasted goat was placed before them. They thereupon invited him to join, but he declined, and he said, Halajan Nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam minat dunya, وَلَمْ يَشْبَعَ مِنْ خُبْزِ الشَّعِيرِ What pleasure can this meal have for me when I know that the Prophet ﷺ left this world without being able to eat his fill of even barley bread. SubhanAllah. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 5414, Tirmadi, Targheem, volume 5, page 148, Mishkat, number 5238, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 1, page 522 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So in this flawless report in Bukhari Sharif, some people were having a roast of goat. So obviously it shows that the times had changed. So when they saw Abu Huraira, obviously, he goes, please come and join us, O noble companion. What did he say? حَنَجَ النَّبِيُّ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَلَمْ يَشْبَعَ مِنْ خُبْزِ الشَّعِيرِ What pleasure can this meal have for me? When I know that the Prophet left the world, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
without being able to eat his fill of even barley bread. In other words, he goes, I can't do it. Why? Because if I eat roasted goat, then how could I, you know, how can I show my face to Rasulullah? So the meaning of what he went through. Because when he left the world, imagine, he was the undisputed ruler of the Arabian Peninsula. So in worldly terms, he was, he was you know, there was no higher authority. And he left the world and he's not even ate to his fill of barley bread. Think about that. Imagine mentioning that to a non-Muslim. Because our Prophet left the world humbly. And they look at you like this. Because what, what do you mean he's hungry? He goes, yeah, he never ate even his fill to barley bread. Just let him know that. Then let him, you know, tell him work out what you've just told them. Because they think he's an imposter. Why would an imposter leave the world humbly? So Lord Abu Huraira's love for the Prophet as well. He was remembering the hardships and he goes, I can't do it because I can't eat this roasted goat. And similarly, Abu Huraira radiyallahu he had once asked, Ya Rasulullah, what has happened to you that I see you performing salat in a sitting position? He said, Hunger, O Abu Huraira. Upon this, I burst into tears, Abu Huraira said. Rasulullah thereupon comforted me, and he said, Do not weep, O Abu Huraira. Verily, the hungry person will not encounter meticulous reckoning on the day of judgment if he hopes for reward by enduring with patience in this world. This is recorded in Ibn Asakir, Khatib al-Baghdadi, Ibn An-Najjar, Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, Kanzul Umal, Volume 4, page 41, Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume 1, page 518 of the New English Translation. So note his overflowing love for the Prophet He couldn't see him in any like, you know, distraught state. So he sees him playing sitting. So why did he find that strange? Because the Prophet famously said, the one sitting gets half the reward. So there's actually a very interesting hadith where the Sahaba, there was a fever going around. So they were quite weak and they were playing sitting. But when they heard this hadith, they forced themselves to stand. So imagine even though they were, you know, there's a concession, you're ill. And the scholars say, you'll get the full reward, inshallah, if you're ill. Because you have to sit. Some people who are elderly have to sit. But notice some people just out of laziness, they play sitting. You half the reward. So obviously, Abu Huraira is saying, Ya Rasulullah, he goes, why are you playing sitting? And the Prophet wasallam said, hunger. Oh, Abu Huraira. Now why is this so touching? Because Abu Huraira is emulating him. It's not as if he's at a, you know, a great you know, breakfast and lunch. He's falling down, fainting, left, right and center. But notice he's oblivious. It's like he's oblivious to his own state. And he goes, he just he goes, burst into tears. But then, look how touching. Rasulullah comforts him. And what did he say? Something very interesting. The hungry person will not encounter meticulous reckoning on the day of judgment. But there's a condition. If he hopes for reward in this world, meaning it must be for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're dieting, no reward, right? If you're doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala, because on the day of judgment, he's not going to give a very, he's going to look very, Briefly into your accounts. And which one of us doesn't want that? In fact, there's a report. The hadith is in Behaki, in Shu'ab al-Iman and Mishkat. 
Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu He relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa Whoever is content with little of this world Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be happy with a few of his deeds That's a secret Whoever is content with little of this world Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be happy with just a few of his good deeds So there's two ways you can pass on the day of judgment One way is you got more good deeds than sins. The other is Allah Ta'ala takes a few of your good deeds and He makes them so heavy that you pass. Either way is fine, but which one's easier? <laughs> you know, the trillion billion deal, that's a long way to go. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get more good deeds than sins. Or do you want super duper heavyweight of your deeds? And how do you get that? If you're happy with little of the world, no happy, content. The word in the hadith is radiyallahu, the same as you say for the sahab, whoever is happy. So if you're not content, then it, it, there's no blessings in that. Mm. So what was the Prophet highlighting? Make do with little of the world. And this is for your own benefit. Mm. So here he's mentioning hunger. If you have hunger and you're hoping for reward, Allah Ta'ala will give you a very easy reckoning. They won't look too much into your accounts. Both flip the coins. If you are taking more from the world, you're not sinful. I'm not saying you're sinful, but you are actually making life difficult in the next life. Allah Ta'ala will demand far more from you now because you took more from the world. So again, this is how we look at how our relationship with the world. Also, what's interesting about this hadith, note it was our beloved messenger who was suffering, yet he comforted Abu Hurairah, for he knew that he also had chosen to live like his exalted and blessed self. Look how touching that is. Abu Hurairah is not confident in the Prophet. Abu Hurairah is weeping. Rasulullah who can't even stand, he's comforting him. Why? Because he goes, you've chosen to live like me. Abu Hurairah, he then became overjoyed. Why? Because he knew that by emulating the Prophet, it was the best example. But he didn't know the deal. Now the Prophet told him, so he became very happy over this. Abu Hurairah he relates, The Prophet once set out in the early morning, and I did likewise. I offered salah, then I sat. The Prophet turned to me and said, and he spoke Persian, Ashk imat dard. Do you have a stomach illness? I responded, yes, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet said, Kum Then get up and offer salat. For in salat there is a cure. This is recorded in Ibn Imajah number 3458. Ahmad in his Musnad 2-390, 2-403. Imam Sayyuti Rahmatullahi in his at page 172 of the English translation. So in this report, Abu Hurairah, he's following the Prophet He goes, I offered salat standing, but then I sat because I was in a bit of pain. My stomach was hurt. So the Prophet, now, why is he speaking Persian? <laughs> so all of a sudden, imagine, he turns to Abu Hurairah, Ash ikamat dard. And what's interesting, dard means pain. That's not an Arabic word. Right? So the Prophet spoke Persian to him. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> Abu Hurairah said, Yes, Ya Rasulullah, I have got a stomach illness. Look what the Prophet said. Kum fasalli, stand for salat. 
for inna fis salati shifa'a for salat has a cure Imam Suyuti he commented here in his At-Tibwa Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wasallam page 172 of the English translation the wise say that there are two things to be learned from this hadith the first is that Rasulullah could speak Persian sallallahu alayhi wasallam the second is that salah cures pain in the heart, stomach and bowels. So the great Imam of the Shafi'i school, Imam Suyuti said, there's many lessons we can take from this because two are the most important. One is Rasulullah spoke Persian. Now why is, it, why is that interesting? <laughs> because Allah Ta'ala gave him incredible knowledge of the, of, uh, of, from his blessings. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So languages aren't a big deal. But every now and again he'd speak a few words. <laughs> Right? So he, he could speak, you know, Persian. Secondly, we also learn Imam Sayyuti says that the Salat isn't just a, a, a spiritual cure. People say, look, if you're ill, you got, you know, jinnat with you, and you know, you've got witchcraft, and no problem, Salat is excellent. But it's not just a spiritual cure. It's a cure for physical ailments. Now think about that. We don't even know what we're doing. Allah Ta'ala has forced us to pray. How much shafa are we getting? But do we do it for that? <laughs> but imagine if they found out, which I don't think they have, all of the physical benefits of Salat. <laughs> I can bet, you know, if you could gamble your last dollar, they'd all be praying. <laughs> imagine, any, look how much they need to all this yoga and all this. You know, what was it for? You know, spirituality, you know, it feels good and that. Well, just pray. <laughs> like Salat gives you Shabbat. Allah Ta'ala has made it fadad. Why? Because you need it. <laughs> That's why when people don't pray, they're ill. You see them, they're physically ill. Mentally, they have problems. You know, it's because brother, you need to pray. You're going to have a bloody breakdown. You look like you're, you know, you're smashed a bit. Smoking 60 a day. Think, look, brother, get on prayer mat. And he goes, what's prayer mat going to do? I'll be smoking 80 a day. And he goes, no, oh, brother, just go into the prayer mat. And Allah will give you shafar, whatever it is. He was soon cured. How do we know? Because Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, مَا حَجَّرْتُ إِلَّا وَجَدْتُ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي. I never came early to Salah, but I found the Prophet praying. He thereupon finished his Salat and said, أَشْكَمْ أَشْكَمْ dard In Persian, do you have a stomachache? This time I said no, meaning I was cured. Mm. To which he responded, صلى الله عليه وسلم, قُمْ فَصَلِّ فَإِنَّ فِي الصَّلَاةِ شِفَاءً Arise and offer Salat, for verily in Salat there is a cure. Mm. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 9066, 9240. However, in the chain is Dawad ibn Ulba, and he is weak. Hafiz ibn al Jawzi in his Al-Ilal, 1-177 mentioned, Yahya said his hadith are not to be written down. Ibn Hibban states, he narrates from trustworthy narrators, but that have no basis. So let's look at the authenticity first. So this hadith is recorded in the famous work of Imam Ahmad's Muslim. Is it authentic? The answer is no. Why? There's a man called Dawad ibn Ulba in the chain. What's, what's the matter with him? What's his problem? So the great scholars of hadith say his hadith should not be written down, meaning he's got a serious problem. Ibn Hiban says he, ter- he takes from trustworthy narrators trying to hide. <laughs> but the scholars know who the weak narrators are. 
Dus Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah said it is Mukhtasar Fatawa 1-467. It was related from Abu Huraira radiyallahu that he had said to someone who had a stomach ache, Ashakam Badrad. Some related marfu all the way back to the Prophet, but it is not Sahih. So Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, who was an imam of the Hanbali school, he said, you can relate this hadith, but it doesn't go back to the Prophet. <laughs> it's not authentic back to the Prophet. So you can say Abu Huraira said these words. So that's the authenticity. Now for ourselves, what do we take from this? So he's cured, Abu Huraira. Now, when he was cured, what still did the Prophet say to him? Stand, offer salat. There's a cure in salat. So a person goes, but he's cured. So the response now is, the salat should still be offered even after you get cured. Why? What better way to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In fact, this is an ancient sunnah. So when I say ancient, you can't get more ancient than this. Unless you're, you believe you come from monkeys. The hadith, is in Hayat al-Sa'ad and Kanz al-Umar and other references Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abdullah ibn Amr it's not from the Prophet Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Abdullah ibn Amr they related that Adam والسلام, he once had a protrusion that emerged so what do I mean by a protrusion it's not a boil a boil is a protrusion but it's got puss in it why because the prophets don't get illnesses which frighten people. They get ill, they get fever, they have headaches, but they do not get illnesses which will make people uh, repel from the message. So he had a protrusion. So what was the protrusion? So maybe it was underneath the skin. Where was it? So the report says it was someone somewhere on his blessed, on his head, blessed face, somewhere there. So the hadith says he offers salat. Adam When he completes the salat, the protrusion moves. It goes down. So maybe I can't remember, but I think it's on his shoulder now. He offers salat again. The protrusion moves. And he keeps offering salat, the protrusion keeps moving, eventually it gets to his toe. After he offers the last salat, it goes. So what does that teach us? It's as ancient as humanity itself. Salat is a cure for physical ailments. But how sad, soon as a person gets ill, that's not even on the radar. No, forget about these big illnesses, even simple ones. You got a headache, what's the first thing? Paracetamol. What about Salat? You're talking about? You have to explain, Shafayani, is there? Where does it say that? It doesn't even know. You've got to educate them first. Rasulullah was teaching you Salat. But, this is another interesting thing, phenomena that's occurred. Going back to my father's lifetime, Rahmatullah, so you're talking about when he was young. So you're talking about 90 years ago. So that's 19, what? 40, 1930. So he was young. And he goes, they used to get bit by scorpions. And then he said, we used, because this is what we used to do. This was normal. Because we get water with some salt. And we put it onto the bite and we recite Fatiha and we get cured. And he goes, this was normal. <coughs> then, what happened? As time passed, people started relying more on medicine. 
So now, wherever your iman is, there is where you turn to. So our now, you got to be honest. If I was to say to you, a scorpion's bit you, here's some salted water, real fatty on it. What would you say to me? Get me to M- accidentally burn you. What are you doing? And the responsible, that's quite shafar. He goes, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do that afterwards. I need injection, I need antibiotics, I need this and that. Then he goes, okay, right. So, look how interesting. They had iman in it. The problem we now have is we'll just do it for blessings. Even if you read Fatiha, the greatest Shafa. Imagine, the Prophet taught us to read Fatiha seven times. It's the greatest Shafa. People still won't do it. Even for the great illnesses. The guy's got stage four cancer. Be the opponent. Well, it, might, it won't work, will it? Well, what if you it won't work? Oh, but you know, I'm not very pious. Did the Prophet say you have to be pious to read Fatiha? Did he say only for the all year, right? He's telling all the Muslims, read it. And maybe that's why we're suffering. So note here, Abu Harel is told again in Persian, offer salat, even though you got shafa. So later, now why did the Prophet speak Persian to him? That's interesting. Later in Abu Harel's life, many Persian Muslims became the students of this majestic one. Thus, it was as if our beloved Messenger was hinting towards this when he spoke a few words in Persian to him. This is a miracle of the Prophet. <laughs> Imagine he hears, and how did Abu Hurairah speak Persian? I'm going to get to it, inshallah. He could actually speak Persian because he was blessed. But when he saw, said that, he, he responded, he knew what he was saying. So, why? The scholars say because many students came from that land. They became his students. And the Prophet was hinting to him well before that. He goes, you need to learn Persian to honor your students. The eternal peace and blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa always and forever. So note, when it comes to his love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he voluntarily chose to live that way. And when he was living a more comfortable life, he still felt uneasy though he lived that life why because he was thinking of the time of the Prophet and even when the Prophet was himself suffering Abu Huraira became oblivious to his own suffering out of love for the Prophet so again this is again signs of love which we, we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for so all I mentioned today was again another session upon his way of living in terms of his consumption of food and drink in line with the Prophet and the lessons we can take from these blessed reports. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah